Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. For over a year, BuzzFeed News reporters Anthony Cormier and Jason Leopold had been reporting on President Trump and his campaign's ties to Russia, breaking major stories and trying to follow the money. We had both been fantasizing about this mother load. I just remember Anthony was like, oh my God, oh my God. They'd received thousands of secret government documents that revealed that banks all over the world had moved money for terrorists and criminals and drug dealers. And the U.S. government knows about it. We see actual human beings pulling the levers that allow this sort of criminal misconduct to go on. I'm Azine Gureshi. Join me for our new podcast, Suspicious Activity, Inside the FinCent Files. We'll dive into the story these secret documents tell and take you behind the scenes with my colleagues at BuzzFeed News as they reported it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Find it on Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows. But right now, let's stay on this college football front, and we're actually going to preview a little bit of the season. I know that seems what? strange these days because our next guest has uh, has always been great, you know, at putting together previews, whether it was at his old employer, SB Nation, or now at ESPN. And but we also want to talk about his plan to pull off spring football because it feels like Bone. He is all other than you and I. He is only the third media member that believes. That spring football, if it would come to that for all conferences, could be done. And we're talking about Bill Connolly from ESPN, who joins us on the Mac Attack on Sports Radio FNZ. Bill, thank you so much for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you guys? I'm doing hey, good. I, I was really glad to read your piece because it was interesting to me. When the Big Ten and the Pac-12 had their cancellations and pushed them off to hopefully the spring, I noticed that all the people that want football so badly in the fall – we're also telling us, well, you can't possibly do it in the spring. And I didn't understand that. I mean, if worse comes to worse, I always felt like spring football was worth trying if we're in a better place. What? Ex- explain kind of your plan. Like, how do you think you can pull it off, be safe, and, and do it in the best way possible? Well, I, I mean, I, and I've talked to basically every coach in, that I've got in my phone to yeah. figure out if I'm just missing the, the bus on this because it does feel like, a lot of people just cannot get their head around it being a realistic idea. But you, if you just lay out, I mean, there are basically two things you got to figure out to, to figure out if it's possible. Number one is how many games do you want to play in the spring? You know, is it, are we talking six or eight? Do we need more than that to entice the players to, to actually play and not sit out, not waste a year of eligibility if that ends up being a problem? Um, but figure that part out, figure out how to make it as, as interesting as possible. And then, you know, consult with doctors, doctors if you have to. Figure out exactly if you're playing a, an average of eight games or whatever, how many months off, how many contact-free months do you need after that before you can get started again? And, and once you figure those two things out, it, it kind of the, the you can pretty clearly work backwards and, and figure out a schedule from there. I thought 
you know, if you start somewhere in late January, and I realize we're talking about the Big Ten in late January, so probably have to get those indoor stadiums involved in, in Indianapolis and Detroit or whatever maybe. But if you start in late January, you go at whatever it ends up being, eight games or so, if other conferences have gotten involved by then, and, and you know, it bears mentioning that, you know, there are breakouts in all the conferences right now that uh, want to continue playing in the fall, and they still might end up punting to the spring. If you have some sort of postseason, that's great. If you have five, four to five months of contact-free uh, off-season, you know, no spring session, no anything like that, you, you are completely contact-free until probably September or so. Uh, you have a, a like a, a fall camp, then you have an abbreviated potentially season starting in October. That seems okay to me. That the that is a long period of recovery time. Still, we're talking. We're not talking twenty four games in nine months or anything. Uh, it just it feels extremely doable. And I think if or when the other conferences join in the Big Twelve, SEC, and ACC, and realize. Maybe they can't pull this off safely. Uh, if that were to happen, I think people would start taking the idea more seriously, and I think it's doable. We're talking to Bill Connolly, ESPN, here on Sports Radio FNZ. Bill, do you think fans would embrace spring football, or would that be a tough adjustment to make when a lot of stars may opt out because it's close to the NFL draft? I mean, that, if, you, if it's that or nothing, I think they will absolutely embrace it. It really will be. I mean, there's no way to avoid the fact that we were already seeing uh, stars opt out as is. We're, right. We would inevitably see more because if you have a first round, if you're kind of a first round lock and you you are staring at playing a you know a, a normal NFL season in the fall of 2021, then yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to play. But it's still that's only you know guys who might or might not get drafted in the fourth round probably need to still prove themselves. Probably need to get more things on film. For the NFL, and that's pro- they probably it's not like we'd be talking about 250, 300, 400 guys opting out here. Uh, they'd still have something to play for. So I, I don't think it would be everybody's second string playing against each other. You would lose some stars, but it, it, we we get over that if, if we're actually given the opportunity to watch football. I think Bill Connolly is with us, college football writer for ESPN.com, uh, and you can read it. You can find uh, his piece. About wrote at the end of last week about the spring season. Is it doable? Can they do it safe? Can they make it work? And to me, it's worth trying um, as a you know as as a you know last resort type thing. Bill, I, I want to do something crazy here. We're so caught up in the virus and can we play? I want to actually ask you about some of these teams. Like if we play, if like the ACC and SEC can get out there in the ACC race, does Notre Dame's presence make you feel like Clemson isn't a lock to win the title? Or do you think Notre Dame's just not at that level? I mean, I don't think anybody's at that level at the end of the day. They'd be as likely as anybody to beat them, I think. Notre Dame's going to be really good. North Carolina's going to have a chance to be really good. Uh, You know, Miami, Florida State could always bounce back. They're challengers if you if you squint anyway, but Clemson is still the, the class of the conference. This is a conference that has taken a step backwards the last couple of years. Adding Notre Dame temporarily certainly helps the overall quality level, and, a, and a, quite a few teams were young last year and, and should improve this year, but it's still it's still Clemson's ballgame. I don't think anybody's in that neighborhood other than just a, you know stuff happens and conference title game, one-game-only one situation, anything can happen, but Clemson's very much the favorite still. We're talking to Bill Conley, ESPN, here on Sports Radio FNZ and the Technicom Hotline. Bill, who do you view as the biggest threat to Bama in the SEC this year? It is going to be a pretty interesting uh, 
Right. I mean, I think you could make a case for Georgia. You can make a case for LSU. You can make a case for Florida or A&M, really. Uh, you know, Auburn expectations are a smidge lower. Therefore, they're going to be super dangerous. That's just the way it works <laughs> in small on. But uh, I, I do think Alabama starts out at the top. LSU has lost so much. They even had a couple more guys, you know, opt out here recently. And, and it's going to be a lot of new pieces. I think they were done a lot of favors by the schedule uh, that got released yesterday. They have... As my, you know, for, for playing 10 SEC games, they still get a, a decent breaking in period playing Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Missouri out of the gates. Uh, well, assuming, uh, you know, it happens. But, um, you know, that's a pretty good way to figure out what you've got before you have to start playing Florida and Auburn in, in mid to late October. So I think they were done some favors there, and I think they're still super talented, but I do think it's Alabama's a step ahead of everybody else to start out at least. We are talking college football with ESPN college football writer Bill Connolly, and we are assuming that the season happens for those three power guys. The way we're rolling, Bill, for at least the next three minutes, and then I'm sure we'll start stressing about about it after you're gone. If not, we'll just talk to you in the springtime. (laughs) If not, we'll preview a spring season with Bill Connolly. Um, All right, what do you think? That SEC schedule of 10 games, when you start looking at it, Man, it's really cool, right? That that level of play and no no cupcakes out of conference. And for the ACC, 10 conference games. I mean, I know it's not the same level, but I like that too. Reese Davis said something yesterday. Says he wishes all Power f- 5 schools would realize this is better. Go with 10 conference games. Do you think that would be better? And then secondly, do you think we have a prayer of that happening? Oh, I hate it. I'm like the one person who hates it. I really one as a as a stats person, as as a you know, I got my SP plus rankings. Yeah. The idea of everybody only playing within their own conference, barely, almost not completely not mixing with other conferences, uh, that gives me nightmares from a stats standpoint because <laughs> uh, determining conference strength becomes dramatically more difficult if you're only playing amongst each other. I would always. I've always said I would prefer everybody to play eight games, and then you have some sort of scheduling mechanism where you know you kind of get paired off, like a bracket buster Saturday kind of thing uh, in November, where everybody gets paired off with kind of a like team, so that you can mix them on conferences, keep things pretty interesting. Because I mean, that, I, I enjoy non-conference too because it's just fun to play different teams. Like there's a problem in the ACC and SEC in that it barely feels like a conference because you don't play anybody. Um, or you don't play everybody, I should say. You know, I'm I live in Columbia, Missouri. Like LSU's finally making a trip to Columbia in 2023 in Missouri's 12th year in the league. That's <laughs> ridiculous. But I don't. For me, I don't solve that with 10 game conference seasons. I solve that with pots. You play your three permanent rivals and you rotate everybody else and you played everybody twice every four years and that solves that problem. So I I get the draw. Like I get the TV draw and I realize that we're in a situation where everybody's going to need to be making up more revenue here in a little bit. And I and so I get that. I just kind of hate it because of the stat thing and because it concentrates the money even more at the top. Like it's going to be hard for like so many schools at the G5 and FCS level rely on those pay games for their budget and they're not going to get nearly as many of those. If we can come up with a solution in that yeah. regard to keep football healthy overall, then that's fine. But I am like I'm the voice in the wilderness on this one too, and and I, I you, I'm I'm less I like it less than others. You make a some you make some interesting points. By the way, Bill Connolly, follow him on Twitter if you're college football nut at ESPN underscore Bill C. Hey, Bill, thank you for coming on. Thank you.